Welcome. This is the Eastern Influenced Corporate Leader Podcast, hosted by Alana Mae Mitchell, where each episode we tune in to Eastern Wisdom. Hi, everybody, and welcome to January 2022 and this episode of the Eastern Influence Corporate Leader. I'm so glad you're listening because we have just incredible, incredible duo on the show today. And so I'd love to give you an introduction. So this is about Anna. And Anna Forrest is an inspiration and has been changing people's lives for over 45 years. She is an internationally recognized pioneer in yoga and emotional healing. She is the creatrix of Forest Yoga, a mystic, a visionary, a philanthropist, an author, and medicine woman. Anna crafted Forest Yoga while working through healing her own life's traumas, abuse and addictions, the helplessness of addictions, the ongoing suffering from chronic injuries and illnesses. The process of healing herself inspired her to teach others about what really works to heal themselves physically emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And this episode is like a bonus episode where we have two incredible guests because it's Anna and Jose. And Jose Calaco joined forces with Anna in 2014 and brings a long history of shamanism, shamanism, sorry, and healing into forest yoga events. Jose's experiences as a musician medicine man and director of Descendants Aboriginal Dance Theatre spans more than 30 years. Jose has incorporated ceremony, music, dance, ancient healing techniques, veganism and First Nation philosophies into forest yoga, helping students move from the ordinary to the extraordinary. And that, my friends, is where we went to on this interview today we went straight to the extraordinary. So without saying much more at all, I'd love to start the show for today. So here we go. Hi, Anna and Jose. It's so wonderful to be in conversation with you today. I'm really just excited and warmed by your presence and all the way in Seattle. So welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we're, we're about a hundred miles out for, from Seattle. We, we live on Orcas Island, which is part of Washington State where Seattle is. But uh, yeah, we live in a beautiful uh, little tiny island, Orcas Island. Okay. Wow. I have to look that up on the map and find out where that is. It's extraordinary. It's an extraordinary place. Oh, cool. Cool. And I, yeah, so flowing through the conversation, I, and you, you've both got so diverse perspectives. So Jose, more of the Indigenous Australian perspective, from what I understand, and then Anna, like the extensive, extensive career and practice in yoga as well. So um, Anna, I'd love to start with you and understand uh, a question that I had in mind that I thought we'd start with, which is, what can we learn from yoga for leadership? First, you need to strip away the conditioning that makes you susceptible 
to being somebody's slave. So the, the social media and our conditioning that we've gotten from our parents and from schools and from everything, the magazines, all that stuff, we need to move that stuff away and go on quest for who are we? Who are we authentically? And then from that place, start learning how to move into the different avenues of our life, you know, in our relationships and our work and then whatever else we're doing, whether it's in yoga or not. And being on the mat is a great place to vision quest for your own healing or for finding out more about who you are, because we're kind of like a constantly unfolding, beautiful flower is what it feels like to me is like when I see something new unfolding and actually go after that to become responsible for your own evolution and when when you do that you become inspiring enough to be a leader to help other people find out what's truly important and how to put your life force into what's important and don't allow your precious life force to get wasted away by garbage and by poison like we we get our minds get really polluted and our hearts and our emotions get really polluted. And in yoga, if you choose to focus on that, you can move that pollution out. So you become a guardian of your mind. You choose what you let in there. You put, bring in really good mind food. You know, just like learning to become a guardian of this body, which is such a gift to put in good energy, good food, good care. You know, like when you're around toxic people, the body gets hit by that and deeply affected. So starting with yourself on the mat is a great place to learn how to become a leader because you need to strip the bullshit out of yourself. Mm. How's that for a spot? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. We're going right in straight away. I love that. Um, and that I, you went to it. My, my thoughts were around choice, right? So you know, you can really be an active participant in this process and choose what you're bringing in into, into that. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, that's part of taking responsibilities, like recognizing like you do have a choice. If you don't like what's going on on social media, then put your phone down. Stop feeding garbage to yourself. If you don't like the way your body feels, change your nutritional strategy. Start exercising more, do yoga, make a, do something that makes a difference. Like in this time, so many of our people are feeling hopeless and helpless, but there's a lot of doings that we can do. There's some things that are beyond our ability to control, but how we eat, how we drink, how we think, the actions we do to other people, these are totally within our control and our responsibility. And so I ask people to do actions that make you proud of yourself, not ashamed. Mm. And um, I'm loving that and extending that to the role of the leader, right? So if the leader is out there doing actions that make them feel proud of themselves, then they're also a model for those people who they're, like inverted commas leading, you know, out, out there in front, um, showing showing them a way and opening up possibilities for them as well is what I see. Yeah. yeah, well, like when we do a good class, we glow from that class for hours afterward, you know, and we're proud of ourselves. We did something wonderful or I'm just learning how to play a keyboard. And so that's, that's 
you know, exciting, but it's also really difficult because they I'm slogging through the bog of being a beginner and just how terrible it sounds and all that stuff. <laughs> and yet when I settle back, it's like, I'm really proud of myself for learning this because I'm learning to love music through Jose. I'm learning to work in a medicine way with music, which is just absolutely enchanting. And so these sorts of things, these things that build your luminosity, make you attractive and other people want to hang out with you. And people that are interested in building luminosity want to hang out with you, not people that are vampires and want to just steal it. So it's like learning also to hang out with people that inspire you and that turn your mind on with new ideas. So if the people you hang out with are people that you get drunk with, you better re-examine that. So stopping the things that make you dull and stupid. It's actually can be quite simple in many ways. And then of course, there's the subtler lessons that you know make us feel like fools, but those choice points is right there where you can feel ashamed and go into being a fool and, and shut down even more and you choose you're choosing death by shutting down so instead choose life ask that vital question right in the middle of like oh my god what a mess what am i going to do what can i learn from this is there any way that i can heal this situation or can i learn so much from it that i never need to go to this university of embarrassment and shame again oh wow <laughs> Wow. And I, I absolutely adore that concept of luminosity. Like just, just the, you talk about life force and the radiating from yourself. I, I think that's just incredible. Um, Jose, I'd love to pose a similar question to you and more from the indigenous angle, because I know I like, I just feel that we're going to get an additional, a, a value add perspective from that. So what could we learn? Similar question. What could we learn from, and indigenous perspective in respect to leadership and and I'm I'm I mean I'm asking the questions and also I'm soaking it up so I'm all ears no absolutely look I mean we are so lucky in Australia to have the aboriginal people and it's just such a shame with the colonization that we decimated their language and culture so badly the aboriginal people have been around for 60,000 years possibly even more Now, before religion, before philosophy, before yoga, before any of this, the Aboriginal people already have ceremony. And ceremony is a communion with God, or like yoga, union with God. And so this is way before any of this philosophy. We had the Aboriginal people who already sort of found a pretty... Uh, idyllic way of life. They had communion with the land. Everyone knew their role. They almost had the perfect society. And there is a there is something we can learn, not just from Aboriginal people, but Indigenous peoples around the world, more so than organised religion. Organised religion came much later, and they considered Indigenous teachings like, you know, uh, they didn't really believe in indigenous healings, teachings, prayers, and connections to the land. And I think that was more or less intended as well by colonization to 
disrespect indigenous teachings so much, but we can learn a lot from the indigenous people because they walk the talk of not all of them, but uh, before colonization, they really had something happening on a larger scale. So my 30 years with the Aboriginal people taught me a deeper wisdom and a deeper reality. So when I came into the yoga field, uh, you know, I, I really loved yoga and enjoyed it, but there was a certain kind of nonsense and uh, sort of uh, a little bit hairy fairy and new age bullshit. And I thought, not, not everywhere, because there were some brilliant teachers like Anna, for instance. And uh, I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful that if we could combine this indigenous wisdom or the, this in, uh, indigenous intelligence with yoga as well. And this, is, this was one of our aims. So when I came to forest yoga, I tried to bring some of that grounding. I was also a vegan, bring, bringing in uh, vegan teachings, making forest yoga a vegan friendly organization. So yoga, ceremony, and I was an artistic director as well. And I thought, if I can add all these things to forest yoga, then we are going to have a yoga system that is one of the best in the world. And that's precisely what we did. And by adding the ceremony, veganism, music, and healing, and all this other stuff, I then began inviting Indigenous people or teachers or musicians or singers or whatever into the ceremony because when we come together for yoga we're not just exercising together right we we all want to get something more we all want to be happy you know so we have two and a half hours with people so we need more than just postures we need some ceremony and smoking uh I don't mean smoking. <laughs> I mean yeah. a smoking a smoking ceremony, which is yeah. like a, a a field cleansing. So you know we have music, spoken word, smoking ceremonies, the yoga postures. Uh, we have just so many beautiful uh, little things that that add up together into a big thing, and getting the guest musicians and guest speakers just sort of added new dimensions into each yoga class. And it so far, it, it's working out good because Anna and I are just about to embark on our 25th teacher training together. So it, it's worked out. <laughs> oh, wow, 25, that's massive, massive. Yeah. And I, I love that you have seen like when you came together as a leadership duo, that it was a and conversation. So here's Anna's practice of yoga and here's what Jose brings. And we're bringing our hundred percent for each of us and coming together to form this dynamic duo. I'd love to touch on because what you do is quite um, um, progressive and like at the leading edge, I'd love to hear a little bit about like when you are carving out a new way in a field, what are the things that you consider? Uh, what do we consider 
Yeah, I'm just t- tapping into because I like you you created a new thing, right? Nobody yeah. was was yeah. doing that. So I'm thinking for the listeners who relating that to they may also be carving out a new field. You know, what are some of the considerations they have about how they present themselves? Um, you know, how they introduce these concepts to people, that that kind of thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, I mean, firstly, to, to have a product like Anna Forrest and Jose Calaco, you need to be Anna Forrest and Jose Calaco. Like being 30 years with Indigenous people doesn't happen overnight, you know. So what we do teach is how can people make their class more exciting, more spiritual, more emotional. And so we work on what can that student do because they're not Anna Forrest. Anna's been in the business 45 years and I've been in the Indigenous business for 30 years. So we have to work on what can they do. So uh, they certainly know to do a smudging ceremony. They can bring a guest musician into the class. They can read something very constructive There's many, uh, they can maybe learn a chant or get on a drum, but with forest yoga, there was many, many things to consider, you know, bringing in all the instruments, bringing in professional audio and visual uh, now that we do online as well. Uh, And being an artistic director uh, also, Uh, enabled me to look at a yoga class and go, okay, we have two and a half hours. We need a a start, a thrilling midpoint and a happy ending. (laughs) So to look at a yoga class like a good film script and go, you know, we've got all this time with these people. How can we bring maximum joy in two and a half hours? So, of course, Anna has brilliant sequencing then we have the dreamtime music narrations, smoking ceremonies. You have, you have, there is many, many things to consider. But I suggest to yoga teachers just to start simple. You know, they can do a smoke, you know, they can hire a flute player. That's, of course, if they have a budget or no musicians. You know, you can begin a smoking ceremony and have a flute playing. You can do a small little reading of something profound uh there's many things you can do so there's a big issue that i want to address here it's like i also want to say learn your craft learn your tools so if someone say oh smoking ceremony i'm going to do that for next class it's like no learn how to do it on yourself first get Mm -hmm. good at it before you bring it to your people so like when people come to us and they learn some abdominals and then they bring it and teach it to their students, it's like that's it's not great teaching because they don't take the time to learn it. There's learning how to do something and then learning how to teach it. That's two different things. So learn how to do whatever it is that's got your attention. Like if you become enchanted with learning how to do a smoke cleansing and a smoke blessing, great. Do it on yourself. Do it on a friend practice it just like you practice the poses if you want to learn a new pose practice it before you teach it you have to come from an innate knowing and so learning how to settle into that internal intelligence and develop that intelligence 
You know, like if you want to learn one of the songs, like we teach, Jose teaches, he wrote chants and simple drum pieces for our teacher trainees, something simple enough that they could use that he gave them permission to, but they have to practice it. Otherwise they sound like an idiot. <laughs> and it's very unpleasant for the students to put up with having to listen to it. So get good at what you're doing before you teach it. Yeah. And if you can't do it, then bring in a specialist. Like, you know, we will we will bring in uh, an Aboriginal or a Maori or a Native American person to some of the teacher trainings to do what we can't do. But uh, as I said before, like, I mean, I've been 30 years in this business. I've been a vegan teacher for 30 years, so I can teach veganism uh, pretty much so. So it's best for people to teach what they know or what they're good at. To, to bring to bring that into the class. So they need to study too. A teacher needs to continue to learn, not stop learning, because then what they actually are teaching is stagnation. Yeah, and, and we don't need any more of that. We have enough stagnant ponds inside of ourselves. We need to churn it up. We need to learn more. We need to evolve. And it isn't always evolving like whether or not you can do this advanced pose, but can you penetrate your attention into the pose to a degree that something new unfolds or you get some other sweetness from it? Because the poses have such rich gifts that they can give if you bring your attention to it. Like we set an intent before each class and this is really helpful so the listeners can learn to do this for themselves. An intent could be something relatively simple like I want to bring healing to my neck. And then every pose, you find out how can I release my neck or can I bring poses into this class that make my neck let go of this pain? Or it could be something a little more advanced, like embodying spirit. Now, that is an extraordinary skill to have, and it will change how you live your life. And you can practice that quest on the mat how extraordinary is that so someone could be teaching the class or you could be doing it on your own it doesn't even matter because the intent can be something you set for yourself deeply personal yeah. deeply uh, important and then uh, on top of what anna did i composed music which brought the teachings onto a new level like the soundtrack for the soul mm -hmm. so Music gets into places where words cannot, and it, it stirs the emotions that words and teachings cannot. So we are combining the power of music, the power of yoga, and the power of ceremony all into the two hours or, 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 or however much time we have with the students. And this is how we've come up with this winning formula. And we're working on it all the time. We're working, yeah. Jose is having breakthroughs all the time in his own music, you know, and it's like we, we're getting ready to go do another driving tour soon. So we've written out the classes, we have each has a really tasty, intriguing intent, and like learning how to rewire your brain so that you can live the life you really desire. Yeah. That's one of the intents. All right. Oh, and then, yeah, I mean, how cool is that? Yeah. And, 
And we practice the class to make sure that the poses sequence beautifully and that the way that the poses are sequenced feed into that intent. You know, like, oh, maybe we don't know this. This is a new place. So maybe this pose is too hard for them. Let's give an option for a down level. It's like we craft our workshops very carefully. And then we put them to, through many test runs before we actually arrive. We prepare. And so that care, that love and care is communicated when we are actually teaching. We care enough to put this preparation in. So we hours each day practicing yoga, practicing music, practicing singing, and then we also were practicing cooking. Uh, so every day we cook. We don't eat out. We never eat at restaurants because of our finicky diets. And also we do not touch onion and garlic, which seems to be in every single uh, to every single restaurant. So we're always cooking nutritious food, experimenting with food, uh, yoga, music. Every single day, we are. You know, people think, "Oh, at your age, by now, you, you know, you don't have to practice much." Actually, we practice more than we ever have. Yeah. And we're always testing what we're doing and bringing a new level of professionalism and excellence uh, for next time. Yet we're hitting the road very, very soon. We have a retreat in New Mexico. We have a 200-hour teacher training. We have a 90-hour advanced training. And we're always looking for ways to, to get better and better. And I give, think, the, sorry, give keep the going. students what they want. You know, yeah. and what they want at the end of the day, what they want is connection to spirit because the connection to spirit is their refuge from fear and also their refuge to want to live life. You know, we need a reason to get out of bed in the morning. There needs to be something to inspire us. And while we are the teachers and leaders, we are helping the students really help themselves following their own light, not our light. And another thing that we are teaching during these times that are so difficult and so confusing and there's so much conflicting information going on is like this is like going on hero's quest. The hero in training goes through very confusing times and can get really deeply hurt and threatened and maybe even bullied and all these beaten up and life and death situation. But in the process of the hero's quest, you get to the treasure and the treasure is unfolding parts of yourself that you were not able to access until you went through these intense experiences. And so instead of you know, giving up, which is also part of the hero's quest, I mean, when does the hero or the heroine, you know, they, they give up, they, they get hopeless and then having to work your way through that swamp and anchor deeper into yourself than you ever have. And the gift that you get at the end is your own wisdom. Which is the, the greatest gift. The greatest. I, yeah, I want to just expand out on all the concepts that you've touched on there for, because I think that that is a, just an incredible framework for someone who is looking to lead or deepen their leadership is the starting with intent practicing what you know, knowing it before 
before you teach it and having that Im- embodiedness. So from like a coaching paradigm, like we talk about beingness. And so you're coming from a place of it's in your beingness, it's who you are. And that is what you are teaching through you. So, awesome. and the other piece that was really interesting is that we have in a corporate setting, um, this concept of test and learn. And so you do an AB test and you test one variation on a different group of people and you test another variation on a different group of people. That's, it's like what you've offered to our listeners here is a deepening in that test and learn. So you test it on yourself and you experience it with yourself first and feel what resonates for you. And then you go through and, you know, see what the feedback is from people in when you offer that experience. And the other piece that came up was spirit. And I, would you believe this is what I wrote out as a question I had, um, I'd love to know more about the role of spirit and embody. And as Anna said, embodied, embodying spirit. Can you tell us more about that? And it came up naturally. I didn't even mention that. And that's where we went. So I'd love to touch on spirit. Um, Jose, if you wanted to jump in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the Aborigines have a story about Yelly Yelly, the cosmic rainbow snake. And it tells us that we must continually like the snake, for transformation, shed unwanted layers. I believe most snakes shed their skin four times a year. They even shed their eye plates as well. So when, (laughs) yeah, Anna knows about the the, the eye plates, that snakes actually shed their eye plates. They don't have eyelids like we do. Yeah. And so this this is an incredible physical factual metaphor for us is like we need to shed our old perspectives in order to build our luminosity in order to grow and evolve because our old perspectives only see a piece of the truth and in order to see more of the truth you need to move that off so in the story of yelly yelly the cosmic rainbow serpent she shed her skin and she became the milky way she had the luminosity of the stars And this is the lesson for you and I, that when we shed these false layers of the ego, there is the gold. There is the gold. And people say, what layers are you talking about, Jose? I'm talking about as we grow up, we begin to build layers of deception, deluded layers that come from our parents, come from our teachers, come from the media from government, religion, lovers. We keep building all these belief systems and it's actually these belief systems which are clouded in assumptions, illusions and conclusions. And these are the things that are preventing us from seeing clearly. So we can be just like Yelly Yelly, shed the skin, and become the Milky Way. And and the story ends, it's a beautiful thing, the cosmic rainbow serpent, that every time we see the rainbow in the sky, it's a reminder of our cosmic origins. And the word universe, uni means one, and verse means song, one song. So we're all one song, but we're living under the illusion that we are many and fragmented. But the first freedom comes freedom from dogma. This is the first 
freedom. So we are always strongly opinionated and, and, and we have a belief system about everything. You know, Catholics have a belief system about this and Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists, and it, it just goes on and on. And we are actually trapped by belief systems. To come into a situation without a presumption gives us the ability to, to explore reality on a deeper level. But if, if we are coming into a situation with like a pre-existing belief, then automatically we're blinded. So, yeah, I, I can just say we need to be more like the snake mm -hmm. and we need to shed the unwanted layers which are not really serving us at all. They're actually keeping us in a state of sorrow. And that's the final story of Yelly Yelly. For mankind to be free of sorrow, we must be more like the snake and shed the layers to of the Milky Way. It's such a beautiful metaphor and so it, it, relatable. And it's incredible. Aboriginal people used to uh, sort out their problems by going on walkabout. And walk about, you know, you may, or you got a problem. Yeah, you go for a walk. Uh, how long is the walk? Oh, it's 100 miles across the desert. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, reason and intellect can only get you so far. So there comes a time to leave reason and intellect at the door and just go for a long walk. <laughs> <laughs> and that's walk about. So with this, staying with Yelly Yelly for another moment, with this shedding, you know, the listener, our listeners right now may be thinking just, you know, in terms of like, oh, yeah, okay, that's cool. But it basically applies to any aspect of your life. So whatever you think you know about nutrition, examine it. Did you actually find out if that was true? Or did you just accept someone else's words and assume that's true? Like I learned, like I had to eat a pound of meat in order to be healthy and to get rid of my uh, my weaknesses and this and that and the other. And I was making myself quite sick, but I was very fixated on that. And I had to re-examine what I thought I knew about my nutrition. I was so sure that I couldn't be vegan because there were so many foods that I was allergic to that's in the vegan repertoire, like grains. I can't eat grains or beans. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I learned, thank you, Jose, very much, is that I can have a healthy, wonderful, strengthening nutritional strategy as a vegan, even with honoring all of the things that I'm allergic to that I need to stay away from. And I, I was so fixated that I couldn't do that. And so here I am, I've been a leader for a really long time. And I was teaching people, eat meat, eat this way. Because that's what at that point in time was what was working for me. And then when I found out that that actually wasn't working that well, and I changed, it's like, wow, you know, there was, there was this embarrassment for me. Like I've been telling people to do correct, but I'm actually now finding is incorrect how I, I got ashamed. But then on the, I had to come through that myself of, this is my learning process. I can only teach from my learning process. And now I'm teaching from having learned 
this great value to one's health, to one's planet, to the animals, the value of being vegan. Yeah. I'd love to so order. That, Sorry, go, Jose. Yeah, well, yeah, that was, like I said, like I had been a vegan for like 30 years. And when I met Anna, uh, one of the first things I wanted to do was uh, revolutionize forest yoga into veganism. Uh, and, and Anna was very good with that. Once she had a teacher like myself explain to her and show her through that, uh, there was no problem. And of course, the love of animals was always uh, at the center of that. And also ahimsa, which is preaching nonviolence, but also nonviolence on the dinner plate, because everything we do, every action, even eating, uh, has consequences. So uh, we wanted to save the animals, save the environment, and save ourselves. So that's the three things that the vegan diet did. There was compassion, saving the environment, and also our own health. Because taking in the death and suffering of animals that have been tortured in factory farming actually adds to our own death and our own suffering. It's just a karmic law. People can believe that or they don't. But what we take in is, is what we are. You are what you eat and you are what you think. So it was very easy concept for Anna to grasp. And now uh, in, <laughs> every day she is more than happy because our food is absolutely nutritious. And uh, delicious. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, a I say that. Nutritious and delicious. That's what I, that's what I'm going <laughs> yeah. for. I'd love to also just just pause for a moment and acknowledge, especially Anna, in your humility, in your you said you shared your story about having the pound of meat and then transitioning and and going through those moments of having taught something and then relearning and unlearning. Um, I I just think that's incredible humility. And so for people like thinking laterally, you know, your story might be around the food that you eat. Um, that's going to impact your energy as well. And then thinking around the ways that you have been taught to be as a leader um, may not, they may be inherited, right? And, and it may be from people who haven't been trained. And so as you're looking at your leadership, there might be ways that you're picking up today from Anna and Jose around that, you know, to relook at something and to really check it out. And I'm reminded of the Buddhist perspective of the beginner's mind. And then when I went to Nepal in 2012 and did an introduction to Tibetan Buddhism, um, there was this concept of you were introduced to something and then it was like, will you go and check it out? You know, you're hearing these new things, go, go and check it out for yourself as well. Um, and I, I feel, you know, we could just go so deep and it's so rich and there's so much already here. I'd love to give people the opportunity if they wanted to find out more about Anna yourself or Jose yourself um, or Forest Yoga, which is this whole system of being and music and doing, where would people go to, to find that world? Well, www.forest.yoga. Now, forest is actually spelled with two R's, so I always have to mention that because some people spell it with one R. And from our website, you can find all our social media, all our music, 
And as we've said before, Anna and I teach from experience and teach what we know. Like for me to teach vegan, I've spent 30 years. For me to be a musician, I've spent 40 years. Uh, for me to teach ceremony, I've been with Aboriginal people for 30 years. So what I'm saying is we're teaching from firsthand experience, not all oh, we read uh, the Bhagavad Gita and now we're, we're teaching that secondhand experience. Anna and I is not book knowledge. This is lived knowledge uh, coming to life. And we also have our teacher trainings online, which means you can take the teacher training in your own time at your own speed. And we have, we're actually really proud of this because it, it's taken the, this whole lockdown for us to come forward and develop this. We have our, our guardians who are people who have stepped onto another part of their spiritual commitment with us in forest yoga, who are available via email or phone calls or Zoom to coach people when they get stuck. So you're watching your, you're watching your class, you're taking your class that's recorded. And then if you don't understand, like I don't understand how to do head to ankle, or I don't understand what I'm supposed to do in this hands-on correction, you write to your guardian you have a coach. And then what's really great is for us, this gives our guardians an exquisite place to step up and, and go to their next level of evolution too. So it's a win-win situation yeah. that we were kind of forced to do if we were going to continue to, to exist in this profession because everything got shut down. Mm. And so that's one of the great gifts that we've had from the, this difficulty is Jose put his brilliance of filmmaking and how to bring this into a, a really doable course. And we put it together. We had wonderful people help us. And now there's this beautiful thing that can reach people, whether or not they ever meet us face to face. And I love that. And they get, they get supported all the way. Uh, you can write to a guardian. We have chat rooms where students show me their ceremonial songs and, uh, so we share files uh, and you do it at your own time and and it's incredible. And in the chat rooms, I'm always uh, interacting with students uh, at any given time. They may be on day six, day nine, day eight. And uh, it, it's just a new way to do a teacher training online and getting assisted when you need it. You know, you may not get the assistance that night that you're doing, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we're sharing so much. People uh, wanting to know about ceremony, wanting uh, people wanting most people want to go much deeper than just the postures. Being able to do a handstand doesn't mean you have an understanding of life, like uh, some people may think. <laughs> so uh, people want much, much more, especially today. Wow. And here we've been able to drink from the well of Anna and Jose. I just, I, uh, I love it. Um, and I know we were talking briefly before that there was the, the offering so generously of a prayer. Um, so I'd love Absolutely. to move us into that space and any cues that you, you need um, people to, to like take a deep breath or please, please use that space. Okay. So first thing is if you sit up, so that you align your spine over your sacrum and tailbone 
and your abdominal muscles are helping hold you up. Relax your shoulder blades down. Now, when you breathe, if you focus on breathing, spreading the ribs on your inhale and inhale until every air sac as best as you can feel it is full. And then with your exhale, use your belly muscles, pull them in so that you exhale everything else so there's no stagnant air in there. Relax your ears, your eyes, and your mind. And let what you hear come right into your heart because this is an offering from the heart. So breathing deeply, open your, your neuroreceptors. This is a prayer I composed called Prayer for Peace. Great Spirit, today bring us peace. Let us flow unburdened like the river. Let us drift without effort like the purifying winds. Let us stand with strength and resilience like the mountains and trees. Teach us to walk gently upon the earth and live in harmony with all beings. Fill us with light and understanding. Inflame our hearts with love. Illuminate our minds with truth. Awaken our eyes to see. Inspire our will with courage. Great Spirit, you are the source of life within us, around us, and beyond us. Today, point us to our purpose and connect us to our power. Let us feel your beauty and allow us to uncover our own sacred origins. Your word is our hope and your essence is our goal. Great Spirit, we are restless and weary and we need your help to move the dark clouds of despair. Hear our prayer and grant us peace. Aho. Just stunning. So stunning. Yeah, I've let that resonate with you. And from that place, I'd love to extend my deepest thanks and deepest gratitude to both you and Anna Jose for sharing in this space and sharing your innate wisdom with and knowledge with us today. So, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I trust that you feel as I do and have felt a conversation that went beyond the mind with Anna and Jose. And I'm so thankful for all that they shared. We could have gone into so much more and I feel that there's a richness and a knowingness to all that they shared with you. So I'd love for you to take this episode and to really extrapolate it out into the concepts that Anna and Jose were talking about. You may even go direct into what they were talking about or even think about how it applies to your own leadership. And if this episode is an episode that you love, 
and you feel that there is someone in your field who would also really benefit from hearing it, I'd love you to go ahead and share it. You can also leave a review and you can do that on Apple Podcasts or you can follow as well. Um, you can even take a screenshot of your review or of the podcast and share what you learned and what you're inspired to do. And I trust and I hope that you will be back for more because we have so much in store for this year on the show. So have an amazing day and we'll be again together again soon.